So there's been tornado warnings. And if you happen to see one touchdown, we'll just go to the first house and knock on the door. But if nobody answers, that means they're in the storm cellar. So just run to the storm cellar. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1200, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by the old consult call. If there's something that you're struggling with, you know, not quite sure how to how to structure your the final weeks of your training plan leading up to a goal race. Maybe you're struggling a little bit with coming back from an injury. Maybe your, your motivation is lagging. Whatever it might be, I mean, obviously, those are just a couple of examples. There's dozens of other things that might be on your mind, things that you might want to pick my brain about a little bit, things where maybe a little bit of a different perspective would be helpful that's what the consultation calls are for, and uh, you can get one whenever you want one. Disruns.com slash consultation is the link. Schedule it at a time that is convenient for you. I'll give you a call or I'll send you a Zoom link, whatever whatever you want to do. You know, it doesn't really matter. Phones, Zooms, Skypes, carrier pigeons, smoke signals, you know, whatever, whatever works best for you works just fine for me. We'll chat through some things. I'll ask some questions, uh, kind of hear your, your side of the situation, and then offer some, some thoughts. And then we can kind of work through those. And ultimately, you know, in 20, 30 minutes, something like that, we'll get you a little bit of clarification, a little bit of an idea on, on what makes sense for you, what route you want to proceed upon. And uh, then then you're on your way and doing it. So if that would be something that would be useful to you, again, disruns.com slash consultation is the link. Uh, any questions, let me know. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, my guest today is a lady that is involved with running on uh, multiple fronts. One might argue just about every front. Uh, she's, she's run near as I can tell, and she can correct me where I'm wrong as, as we get going today, but she's run some 60-ish marathons, plus or minus. At that point, I guess it's fairly easy enough to kind of, you know, it, it, it blurs. Uh, but in, in those marathons, she's covered, I believe, 38 states, you know, kind of getting, getting close to that 50-state maybe situation. Um, she's also, you know, been organizing or been, uh, involved with organizing a running club. She's done running coaching. She's, she's a certified coach, coaching runners. Um, and also in the, in the not too distant past, she launched a race company and puts on a handful of races across the country each year. So clearly no shortage of things to talk about today. Uh, so let's get the party started and welcome, uh, Miss Leanne Yarber to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Leanne. Really looking forward to our chat today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, if, if, you know, once we get to the, the talk about some of the races, if you're like, God, these races sound awesome, which spoiler alert, they sound awesome. Uh, USAendurance.events.com is the website. You can go there for information on the different races that Leanne is involved with and uh, sign up all that good stuff on Instagram at USA Endurance Events and follow along. Uh, get some of the behind the scenes and updates and things like that there as well. Um, and always love it when it's easy. It's the same link, same URL, same social media handles. Gotta love it. Again, usaenduranceevents.com, usaenduranceevents on Instagram. Disruns.com slash 1200 is the link to get you back to the show notes for today. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll have links to, to various races, things we talk about, photos, all the, all the nine as per usual. Disruns.com slash 1200. So, uh, Leanne, the way we always start off each episode of the show with a pretty, is with a pretty simple question. 
Um, sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult. But uh, one way or the other, it gives us a, a, you know, just a good launching off point to the rest of the conversation. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh, wow. Uh, well, my favorite distance to race would definitely be the marathon. Um, and, and um, wow, it's funny that you say you ask that because um, if I, if you were to ask me that maybe, you know, 10 years ago, I would have never said that, <laughs> but today it's probably the, the full marathon. And it's because I am attempting the 50 States. Um, you were very close. You're very close. I've run 52 marathons in 36 States. So I have okay. 14 left. I only have a cool, I only have like, I've got like Arkansas, Oklahoma, um, a few races back East, um, left. And then I'm saving Alaska for last. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I, I'm always curious. I, I'm, I am way in the infancy of my 50 state quest. I'm, I'm, I think, it, you know, I, I, I don't even, I'm, at, I'm not even at the point where I like, I know for sure. I think I'm at 10, maybe it's 11 and you know, I, you know, whatever it's, we're early days still. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I am Hawaii is, is 50, you know, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, however the rest of them fall is how they fall. But, uh, you know, we're not, we're not running Hawaii till we get to five Oh, why, why is Alaska five Oh for you? Uh, cause actually I wanted to do like a cruise. So mm. I wanted to do like make that my last race, my last 50 state and then cruise from Anchorage or Seward back down to Vancouver. So I just wanted to kind of make it a big hurrah. Well, I mean, yeah, like you, you, you knock out your 50th, 50th state of marathons. Like, like there better be some type of hurrah. It better not be just <laughs> business as usual. Like it is after, you know, state number 37 right. or, or 16 or whatever, where it's just like, yeah, we still got more work to do. No, like you get, you get 50 done. That's, it's time to celebrate. That's right. Yes. Yes, definitely. So you, you said in there, um, marathon is a favorite distance, but decade ago or so wouldn't have been the, the answer is, is. Is running only a decade old to you, or, or, or you know, where were you a decade ago with, uh, with your running life? Well, actually, I started. I did my first marathon was the Nike Women's Marathon, which was back in 2005. Okay. So that was my first big, big distance. I've been running. You know, I never ran anything more than you know five and ten k's back in that day. And someone challenged me and said, you know, let's do the the Women's Nike Marathon. It's no longer around anymore, and that's that'll kind of launch into like what I, what I'm going to talk about, how I started mm-hmm. the USA women's races. But, um, so I did that race. That race was a Tiffany necklace race. And then when you fit, you cross the finish line, you got a Tiffany necklace. Well then that I kind of got addicted ever since then. And then I would do, um, a couple races, you know, a year after that. Um, and then next thing I started, I'd say about 10 years, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit longer, maybe it would have been like 12 or 13 years ago. I would have never said that the, the half marathon, the marathon distance was my favorite. But what I started to do in order to get caught up with doing 50 States, say for instance, if I went to um, Delaware, um, I was going to knock out a race on Saturday and then went on Sunday. So I do Delaware and New Jersey in the same weekend. And I started to do that and it does take a toll on your body and so the reason why I say that is because my knees are struggling today because of it. But I've done a number of doubles back to back. Well, back to back is actually considered Saturday following Saturday. Mm-hmm. This or Sunday following Sunday. This uh, the, the the doubles are considered a Saturday race, a Saturday marathon, and then a Sunday marathon. So I've done a few of those. So I've done a couple states. I knocked out. Let's see, Kansas. The very first one I did was Kansas. And then Missouri, I did Mississippi and Alabama. I did Georgia, Tennessee. I did Ohio and Indiana. And then I did do Delaware and New Jersey gotcha. back to back. And that I started doing those about a little over 10 years ago. 
and it, and yeah, it was, it, it got a little, it, it, it's a little daunting to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. No question about that. Um, where, where were you in the timeline when, when the 50 state marathon goal kind of came onto the, onto the, you know, on, onto your, onto your radar? So that probably came into my radar. I would say probably sometime around 20, let's see, when did I first do, um, I gosh, it's been so long. There's so many races, <laughs> but I remember them all like my children. So <laughs> believe me, it's like, you never forget when you, when you went a full marathon, what it was like. Mm-hmm. I, I would say probably maybe in 20, 10, 2013, somewhere around there was when I started to do, I'm going to guess started to do the doubles. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, when you, when you do those, those doubles, those, those races on, you know, two races, two States, one weekend, um, how, how do you kind of, I don't want to say prepare, but like, I guess kind of, how do you prepare, like, how do you prepare mentally? How do you, like, what are the logistics in terms of, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to assume, can't really go for broke at either of those races. You got to, you got to plan to kind of pace yourself and know that like, I, you know, I got 26.2 today, but I also got 26.2 tomorrow. And there's a little bit of a, you know, some level of a road trip in between to get, you know, across state lines. Cause typically they're not going to be on one border town and the other border town. So kind of, you know, obviously every, every one of those weekends is going to be a little bit different, but in general, what's, what's your plan of attack when you know that you've got two, two marathons, two weekends, or I'm sorry, two days, same weekend, two States. That's a really good question because everybody asks, like, how do you do that? And I guess it would kind of be the same. Well, actually, no, it wouldn't be the same as training for an ultra. For me, um, I would run like a Saturday training run and then a Sunday training run. I also am the coach for the San Diego Running Club. So at that time, we were doing, I was coaching a lot of people to qualify for Boston. I was coaching a lot of people to run their first marathon. And some people who couldn't run on a Saturday would run on Sundays. And I typically don't run on Sundays except when I'm doing a a double. And so I would run, do maybe like, you know, a, a 15 to a 20 mile run on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'd do like 13. So I would just do that for a, a couple, like I would, I would skip a week because, you know, you have to taper. So like if I would run one weekend, then the, a, a double on one weekend training, then the next weekend I would just run that Saturday and then I would do another double. So that's kind of how I train. I mean, there's really no right way, I guess, to, to, to train. I mean, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have made any difference had I not done a double like on the weekends in training. I don't know if it would have, but um, because everybody talks about hitting the wall at mile 20, which there's no such thing at a wall at mile 20. The wall hits you the second day at about mile 13. So I don't want to hear any complaining of anyone going, oh, I hit a wall. First of all, I honestly believe that if you speak that into somebody and tell them, they're going to mentally be tell themselves that when they hit mile 20, there's a wall. I tell them there's no such thing. Although you really, really feel a wall the second day of a race. Yeah. When, when you get out of bed that, that second morning, that, that Sunday, and you're like, all right, well, I got another, another 13, or I'm sorry, another 26.2 today. Um, and, and, you know, again, not trying to speak things into existence, but you've done this enough times to know there's going to be a wall. You know, we get to about, about 13, 14 sure. miles. There's going to be a wall. Um, you know, how, what, what's, what's the mindset like? What's, what's the, you know, is it, is it like a mantra, like a one mile at a time type of situation? Or kind of like, how does, how does that Sunday unfold for you? So that's a good question too, because your first day race, you have to sort of take it easy. You can't like be 
trying to like, you know, PR it, or you can't try to run it faster than you normally would, you know, just an even keel pace slower than what you normally would race is definitely key. So if you're going to be doing doubles, like if you run a race on Saturday at your regular race pace, I mean, good luck with Sunday because it will, and I've done it. I, I've made that huge mistake too. That And the, the very first double I did, I did that. It was in Kansas. So it was Kansas. And then the next day I had to run Missouri, but I had a reason for running fast the first day. So when I got there, I mean, I'm a California girl. And so when I got to Kansas, the weather was rather ominous to begin with. And when we got to the start line, uh, they did the national anthem and there was maybe a couple hundred of us. And then after the national anthem, the announcer says, so there's been tornado warnings. And if you happen to see one touchdown, we'll just go to the first house and knock on the door. But if nobody answers, that means they're in the storm cellar. So just run to the storm cellar. <laughs> and I was like, what? I looked at this and everybody was like nodding their head like, yeah, okay. Like they knew that. And I was like, I looked at everybody. This guy standing next to me. I go, are you okay with that? He's like, oh, you'll be fine. And I'm like, so I was so scared that first race that I, w I ran I ran that first race <laughs> faster than I was planning on running it. And it, when I crossed the finish line, what I remember was grabbing my medal, jumping in my car, going to the hotel, picking up my stuff. And the lady at the hotel said, make sure if you're driving to, to Missouri, keep a lookout in your rear view mirror because the storm is heading that direction. So not only did I just finish a race where I thought I was going to have to run from a tornado. Now I was having to drive from one. And, and she said, just make sure that if you see one right behind you, hun, that you just get underneath the, 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 the bridges and stay underneath the bridges. And so I, I just, I, not only did I run fast, I kind of drove fast, but just as I crossed the, um, the Missouri Kansas line, the sun came out. Okay. And so I was able to rest. So the next day I ran a St. St. Louis marathon and that was like my first double. And that was a pretty hilly race. So, but, but anyway, that it, you just, you just kind of, you, you just suck it up mm -hmm. and you just go. And that's what I did. Have you had any um, times where the second race for lack of a better way of saying it, surprises you with how well it goes, you know, like whether it's a PR or not, but just like, like, wow, you know, like, like cause I've, I haven't done any of the, the, you know, doubles, I guess is the right vernacular of, of the same weekend, but I've done a couple of, you know, whether it's marathon 50 K or 50 K marathon or marathon marathon mm -hmm. on, on back to back weekends. And, you know, like I, for me personally, I don't sign up for those type of events going, I'm going to PR in e either of these events. Uh, right, right. You know, and, and 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 it's happened to me once or twice where, you know, thankfully the first race went pretty smoothly, kept it nice and uh, nice and controlled, and and um you know recovered well in the week between, and then like let's just see what happens on on race day, not even really expecting a PR, and then oops, by the way, like damn, I'm feeling pretty good, and just kind of keep cruising along and and mm -hmm. finishing really strong. Have you had any of those? You know, and again, I mean, that's with a, the benefit of a week of recovery in between, not uh, you know a matter of of hours. Have you had anywhere that second race has gone like? as well, or maybe not, maybe, you know, not even as well, like maximally exceeded expectations. Nope. <laughs> That's not once. No, no. I'd say in, uh, when I did Indiana, Ohio, the next day, the first day race was in Indiana and in the, the Indianapolis marathon. And the next day I did this, uh, race in Ohio that was a trail race. And it, 
not not trail as in like dirt trail, but it was so cold. I think it stayed, it was like 30 degrees at the start and 32 at the finish. I don't think I sweat once. And it, it was just so cold. Um, and then the next, and that, then the next one, I think the third one I did was Mississippi and Alabama. And I ran Alabama first. And the roads were so bad that I ended up with the worst blisters I'd ever done. I'd ever had in my life at the worst blisters. So the next day I had to like, I had to go get mole skin and new skin and just wrap my feet with it and then run the next race with all those blisters on my feet. Let's see. And then, um, actually Georgia, Tennessee wasn't that bad. Um, although the second day race was Tennessee was, um, and it was a little hilly. And then I'd say the last time I did this was in, uh, was Delaware, New Jersey. And I was clipping along pretty good at, Del- at Delaware day one. It was the Monster uh, Marathon, Monster Mash Marathon, something like that. But I was clipping along pretty good, and I was running with about the 340 marathoner uh, pacer. And I hit a pothole and fell and at like mile five. And the pacer wanted to help me, and I told him, no, just keep going. I'll, I'll go to the next water station and clean up and not one single water station had a first aid kit. Oh, so I so I had a bloody, I was a bloody mess. By the time I got to about mile 17, I ran past the fire station. The fire station saw me and they're like, oh my gosh. I'm like, you know what? I looked at him, I go, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so he goes, I got her in the care right now. So I got to the finish line and that, that fireman who saw me, he met me at the finish line and he cleaned me up. And, and uh, that was day one. And then day two, I had to run Atlantic City and uh, so, needless to say, I have not had a good experience doing that. That was when I crossed that finish line. My husband was waiting for me, and he says, "You need to stop doing this." <laughs> so I haven't done another double since that day. I, I was going to so say, I it's, get it, beat up. It, it seems like you know maybe maybe that's. It. I get the idea from a logistics perspective when you're traveling, things like that, right. budget, all those, all those reasons. But right. yeah, it's, it sounds like those, those double weekends are not, uh, not your friend. No, they're not, they're not. I think I'm just going to take my time. I'm not going anywhere. So I'll just take my time doing uh, a single marathon on, on one single weekend. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, there's, there's maybe you could, you could argue that there's something to be said for that w- with the travel because, you know, not to make fun of my friends in North Dakota, which I always seem to throw under the bus when I talk about these, these events, but like, you know, I, I don't have any reason to go to North Dakota. I don't have any, any family there. I don't have any other than friends I've met on social media or through the podcast or whatever, but like, like I don't have any firsthand connections to, to North Dakota. I'm sure it's a beautiful state. I would never go there, but you know, if I'm going to go there, maybe, maybe just stick around and see some of the sites for, for see, go check out the bison or go check out whatever, whatever else there is to go check out. Um, as opposed to fly in, run a race, and then scurry across the border to South Dakota or to Minnesota or wherever to to run the next race. Like, you know, if you're going to travel, maybe maybe that one race weekend allows you a little bit more time to sightsee and see some of the different parts of the country that way as well. Definitely. And I'm sure North Dakota is very similar to Montana. We live in Montana a half the year, too. So we love Montana. And um, I'm sure North Dakota has just as many beautiful places as as Montana. I haven't done Montana. I haven't done South uh, North Dakota yet. I've done South Dakota, um, and that was absolutely beautiful. And that was a women's race. It was called the Leading Ladies Marathon, and that race uh, was probably about 200 women. And it was kind of a downhill course, which was nice. But you know, when you start at like 6,000 feet above sea level, 
it's not so nice when you're a lowlander. You know, it doesn't even matter that it's downhill. And there was times that I literally was by myself coming down that coming down that hill. Like I'd say for about ninety percent of the race, I never saw another runner. And um, and I don't know whether honestly whether I was ahead or whether I was behind. I don't I don't know. And uh, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, a mountain lion could just come out here any minute and just eat me, and no one's gonna know. But um, it was beautiful. It was one of the more, more beautiful races. Yeah. Do you, as a as a runner, prefer a small race like that, or do you like some of the races that have you know five thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand people where um, you, you're never not by yourself, or you never you never are by yourself because there's always you know half a dozen runners around you, no matter no matter where you are on the race. I do like the smaller races. I would say the only big race I've ever enjoyed doing was Boston. Um, but I, but as far as some of the smaller races, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a country girl kind of, I like that feel. I do. I really do like that feel. Yeah. Um, well, I can't let you bring up Boston and not touch on it for a second. Cause that's, that's a big, a big goal race of mine. I actually, you know, I, I almost hate to say this and put this out there, but like, I almost feel like like I, I do want to run Boston, but it's like just that, that BQ accomplishment, just there's, there's something to it for me that, you know, to, to each their own. Some people that, that matters, some people it doesn't, but like, like I just want to, you know, I'm, I'm still a ways off. I got I'm on the get older and get faster trajectory of where eventually that, that lines up to get to, to Boston qualifying time. But, um, what was, what was, have you run Boston multiple times and, and whether you have or not, what, what's your take on the Boston marathon as a, as the kind of, I don't want to say beacon race that it is for so many folks myself included or maybe a goal race but just just the, the event what's your impression of the event as, as someone who's run it before oh my gosh well well the first time you ever bq is just such a feel it's such an accomplishment feeling you know it's just such a it's it, and i'm going to tell you i'll be honest it's easier for us women and especially as you get a little bit older than it is for you guys i just don't think that that 30 minute spread for the same age category is fair. I think it should be 20 minutes. I think they should make it 20 minutes slower for, for men and 30 minutes. And, and then, you know, and then a little bit faster for women. I mean, the difference in athlete ability, just from, from on the coaching aspect of it, if, if I've got a 30 year old male and a 30 year old female and, and she has to run a three third, well, you have to, you really have to run faster than whatever right. your BQ time is. If your BQ time is three thirty-five, you better run at least five minutes faster because they don't, they don't just take, um, just cause you BQ, they're just not, you have to, mm-hmm. there's so many people now that are qualifying that they take the fastest, you know, 35,000 people in, in that group. But, uh, but a man who has to run a, a, a three hour marathon, who's 30 years old is a completely different athlete. It's a completely different athlete. So I, I don't, I, I don't know how they figured those times out anyway. It, I know it is what it is. Um, so I I've, I do know that there there are uh, I have training programs for you I could give you one it's really key that you know how fast you know you have to run four four key runs a, a week and and each each run like your tempo run has to be if you have to run a three thirty like you have to be running your tempo runs at a specific pace if you are doing you have to do track workouts. You have to run your, your 1600s and your 800s at a specific pace. And then your long runs have to be run at a specific pace. So, you know, once endurance speed and then also speed, both tempo and track are speed. And then you also need to throw in some hill repeats in there too. And that's just to build strength. So you're building strength, you're building speed, and then your long runs are building endurance. And if you think, instead of just going out and running junk miles, that's what I call them, it's just running junk miles. 
You need to be focused, you know, uh, uh, laser focused on what your paces are in those three key runs a week. But when you, when you can dial that in, there is an actual formula based on how fast you need to be running, how, what your qualifying time is. There is a formula and I have it for, for and I, I, I'll tell you this, every single person that I've coached, provided that they did not get injured or something got sick or something before race day and was healthy for the whole race, nine times out of 10, they hit those, they hit their, their qualifying time. And I could tell you, like, if I see somebody running, um, if say, for instance, if a 30 year old guy comes up to me and says, I want to qualify for Boston yet the fastest his long runs are going to be or 10 minute, 10 minute miles. Well, Let's, it's going to take some time because you need to be running this pace. So, I mean, I could tell by, by someone just, you know, by watching them train and seeing how the training is, I could say, this is what you're, this is exactly where you're going to fall into. You're going to fall into between a 324 or three, uh, a 320. And nine times out of 10, I'm right <laughs> because it's, it's not me, it's the formula. So, and it does work. But I've, I've qualified for Boston. I mean, I'm an old, I'm a, I'm an old lady. So uh, I've been I've been qualifying for Boston. Oh goodness, since I was about 45, I'm 60 now, and um, you know my qualifying times are a lot easier than say for instance for you. But my first Boston I ran was in 2009, and then I, I skipped a year, um, and then I ran 2011, and then I skipped a year, and then I was at the finish line mm. in 2013 when the first bomb went off. Wow. And it was about 250 feet from my from my backside, and then I saw the second bomb go off. Yeah. Oof. I don't I don't know how much you want to want to get into that. I would rather not, and if you'd rather not, that's totally fine. But but how does how does that shake you? Oh uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, and I will get into it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I was actually uh, that 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 Monday morning because. Boston's always on Patriots Day. Um, that Monday morning um, was a perfect morning. Weather was great. I was actually running. I got to about mile 17, and and I I was at this is at the time that I had maybe I had probably about four four girls from uh, my running club that were running the race that day, and I wasn't running with any of them. I was kind of solo that day, and. Um, I came up to, um, I got to about mile 17 and I was running with, um, Rick and Dick Hoyt. I don't know if you, you know, familiar with them. Yep. I saw, I saw Dick and I wanted to run with him because, you know, they're kind of celebrity in the, in the running world. And that was going to be at Rick and Dick Hoyt's last Boston. And I, I ran up to him. I'm like, I wanted to run with him and, and he wanted nothing to do with anybody. He was so laser focused. I was like, I wanted to chit chat. And anyway, I remember that. And, and I had actually ran backwards so that I could run with him. I'm like, this might be my last opportunity to run with him. And I didn't care what my top, my finish time was. This is my third race. And for me, it was going to be my last Boston too, as well. And cause I'm like, okay, third, three times, that's fine. And I, I, I'm, I'm done. I've done it. I'm, I'm done. And so I, um, I mean, he didn't want to run with me. I kept going. And so I crossed the finish line at about three hours. I don't know what 58 or 50. I, I don't know how, what, what it was, 358, 359. And um, in Boston, there's kind of a procession of, you know, it's a super long finish shoot and you grab your water. And then um, I was getting my medal. I think it was. And um, 
at that moment, I had felt what felt like my insides exploded. It just, it was, I could feel the inside pressure of that first bomb that went off. And I turned around and I looked at the start line and there was a plume of smoke that came from the ground over the start line. And the whole finish shoot, we, we were all standing there and all looking up and not, you're not thinking anything like this is a terrorist attack. You're, I personally thought that it was maybe an underground like gas leak. That's what I thought. I thought, uh, okay, uh, there's an underground gas leak. I go, oh my gosh. And then moments later, I saw the second bomb go off down the street. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a chain reaction. This is, I, I, that's, uh, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was the chain reaction, the gas leaks going off because they were so loud and they were so like, they like literally they shook the inside of you. And the second bomb after that second bomb went off, people, a couple of people started running. I think they knew what it was. So, and I'll, and I'll, I'll explain that in a second. I called my husband and I said, Hey, can you turn on the news and see if there's something going on in Boston? Because I told him what happened and he, he was like, Oh, you're probably fine. You're probably right. It's probably just a gas leak, but you know, just grab your stuff and head out. And then he calls me back up 10 minutes later and he start and he's just so upset he says land you need to get out of there there's those are bombs and so at that moment i knew i had i had one girl still out there because in boston it they would send you a text message when when you know when, when someone finishes you know you could track people well three out of four of us had had already crossed the finish line because i knew that from the text messages that I got, but I knew one girl was still out there. One of my friends was still out there. She had just had a baby. And so, and she had qualified earlier. And so she didn't have time to train. So she was going to be a lot slower anyway. She already knew that. And I started to walk back towards that start line. Cause I'm like, I got to go out there to get her. And I just, I just wasn't thinking of the, you know, of, the, of like what the capacity of this, 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 terror was but anyway I walked back to the start line and as I was walking back there I could just see like debris and just there, there are people and I was like and a police officer stopped me and he says you need to get back he goes ma'am you need to turn around I go I have someone out there and he goes no you need to get back and you need to turn around you need to head, head the other direction and that's what's when I broke down and started crying and because I knew her family had been waiting at the start line, her husband, her mother-in-law and, and her brand new baby were at the start line. And um, so I started to call Ian, her husband. And then when I got it, finally, he called me and he they said that they left with the baby and his mom five minutes before that first bomb went off. They would have been directly across from it because there's bleachers on the other side of the street. So apparently these people who set these this these guys who set this bomb off tried to go under the bleachers at first wow. and they were stopped by police officers. And when they, so when they couldn't drop that backpack underneath the bleachers, they went across the street and then set it down by, um, I think it was a mailbox. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when that first bomb, and that's when and where that first bomb went off. And here's another crazy thing. So my youngest daughter at the time, I say she was probably about, let's see. So what, 10 years ago, that'd be 10 years ago. So she was about, she was a teenager and she was going to go with me to Boston and she was going to wait for me. And my kids had been to Boston in 2011 and they were sitting in the bleachers. And so I know my daughter, my youngest daughter would probably have been waiting on that street side. 
And she would have probably been waiting on that sidewalk right by the finish line, waiting for her mom to finish. And I, I called, I said, Brooke, I said, listen, I go, I'm just flying in and flying out. I'm not, you know, we're not going to really have time to do anything. So we canceled her ticket the last minute, the, uh, two days before I went to Boston, knowing that I was only going to be there to run and then leave, but we weren't going to be able to like spend any time there. And so we literally canceled her ticket that, 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 that day before, you know, God knew what he was doing, you know, cause he knew that he had, he had an assignment for her in her life. And that wasn't to be Boston at that time. So, um, yeah, that was a scary moment. I, I, as I was heading back, as I was heading back to the hotel and just in tears and in shock and of what was going on because not really knowing what's going on, uh, I was getting because I coached the San Diego Run Club. All the news stations and newspapers in San Diego must have Googled San Diego Running Club. Will I pop up? And so I was getting all these text messages and phone calls and asking if I had anybody at in Boston. And I said, yeah, me. And um, they asked me if I could do an interview. And so I, I literally was interviewed for, oh, my gosh, for the first week. I happened to be flying out that night. And my, my flight was was to, was was scheduled to leave, I don't know, sometime in the af- later, later afternoon, early evening. And every flight out of the Boston airport, except for American Airlines, was canceled. JetBlue, all the JetBlue flights were canceled. And I just remember thinking, um, you know, I had, I was so glad I'd booked because I normally would fly JetBlue. But when I was leaving, um, when I was leaving uh, Boston, I had to change planes in Dallas. And when I was, when I got to Dallas, a news anchor here in Dallas interviewed me and he used to be in the military. And when I described to him what the bomb felt like, he got really quiet and he said, that's exactly what a bomb feels like or sounds like it's not so much that you hear it as you feel it because that's a bomb so it was really interesting i got back to san diego actually i flew back into la and then i had to like my, my kids kept came and picked but they were just everybody was panicked because nobody really knows you only hear what you hear on the news and then nobody really knows you know the severity or or sometimes it could be over over dramatized. I was fine, but the girls that were finishing right behind me were literally getting shrapnel because I was they were they were getting shrapnel hit, hit hitting them in the legs. Had I not had I finished slower, if I would have if I would have stayed with Rick and Dick Hoyt, I would have like and then maybe you know finished at four 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 hours and you know a couple minutes after I would have been one of those girls feeling the shrapnel hit the back of my legs. And that's what happened with this one girl who I met. She was like right behind me. And um, they stopped that. They stopped that race. And after those first couple bombs went off right before you come up to Boylston Street, I think it is. And so everybody got stopped and nobody knew or heard anything. So my friend who happened to be back there, she was back there. She was with Rick and Dick Hoyt. And they stopped everybody, and, and and everybody had to just figure out how they were going to get back. And I can't remember whether she called an Uber. I don't even know if they had Uber back then. But I, she ended up getting a ride back to the hotel. And um, she said that, yeah, we just thought it was someone famous and that they were just shutting the road down for that person. And, you know, nobody thought anything. None of us were under any, like, had even thought that, that we were being attacked, you know. So it's very, it was, it was just, it was sad and scary after 
you know, the, the fact thinking that, wow, I cannot believe this is, this was, this was happening. I was also scheduled to run Marine Corps marathon that, that year, along with the New York marathon, I'd, I'd signed up for both. And, um, and that came, that, that came later in the year. And I ran, I ran Marine Corps on a Saturday. Then the following Saturday, I ran New York. And I'll tell you what, the security that was, that was on the, in those races, those races was, I think there were more police officers than there were runners. It was, I mean, they didn't cancel anything. So even though that was scheduled to be my last run, my last Boston, at that point, I said, you know what, I am not going to stop running Boston and I'm going to keep qualifying and I'm going to bring my family every year from, from here on forward. And so I ended up running Boston about eight times total. So instead of I ran five more five more years in in, in a row. Wow, that's that's. I mean, you know, you you, you can look back and and you know, a, a few seconds here, a few seconds there. What what a difference, you know, running or just anything. You know, if if I would have right, you know, done done this instead of that, that seems insignificant at the time in terms of, you know, whatever professional or or you know, if I talk to this girl or not, and then, you know, dot, 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 married and kids and the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. It's like, like some of those, those choices that we make or, or things that seem so insignificant are, are so huge and just, you know, like, man, just a few minutes one way or the other. And, and yeah, I mean, ugh. anyway, yeah. uh, how, how, and, and I want, I want to get to, to USA endurance here relatively mm-hmm. uh, before we run out of time, of course, but, um, you know, being that close to, to, to the bombing, um, how did that, how did that, or did that maybe is, is the way of, of asking kind of shake or, or, or change your, just your perspective in terms of, you know, I think, I think before that, if, if, you know, if we can think back far enough, if I can think back far enough in the before times, it was like, like races were just such a celebration. They still are a celebration, but it was just like, mm-hmm. like there was, there was never a concern, at least for me, there was never a concern of, of security or things that could go wrong. I'm sure that race organizers had those types of, of thoughts, but like, I never did. Um, and mm-hmm. not, not that I like ruminate on it now, but I mean, you know, it's, you know, there's no, there's no fussing when you go through a bag check or when you, when you go through some of the security protocols mm-hmm. in front of a race. Um, but I wasn't there, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. right there. I didn't, I didn't feel the, the percussion. I didn't, I didn't have any of that experience. How, how has it impacted you, changed you, changed your perceptions or, or, or just whatever I'm trying to say there, being that close to the, the event 10 years down the road, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's so- with you. I mean, ironically, that was the first year of my big race. So the very first year I put on my, my first big race. Now I've done a, I had put on a few five Ks for, for my church in the, in the past, like a little, little, but this was my 2013 was the first year USA endurance events came into fruition. And earlier that year, January, we had, we had become a, a company and in December of 2013 was our first big race. So so yeah, you, you could say that I was a little, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that I was hesitant. I was just cautious. And, um, but I knew that, that we were too, we were, at that time we were going to be too small of a race for anybody to target, but you do, I mean, especially that year, I also ran Boston. I'm sorry. I, the year that I ran Boston, when that happened, I ran New York and I ran Marine Corps marathon and nothing happened. And we had extra police officers out in, in, um, in San Diego for the San Diego holiday half marathon. That was our first big race. And so that's what launched off our first races was San Diego holiday half marathon. 
And then after that, um, I just fell in love. And, and having run so many races, I just fell in love with with the, the half and the full marathon distance. That um, then, the, then a couple years later, we had uh, we had done the Jack and Jill marathon. And Jack and Jill, the Jack and Jill downhill marathon in North Bend, Washington. Uh, is a really really fast course, and we had, we put a full and a half marathon on that on that trail coming down, and then it ranked as one of the top ten fastest marathons in the United States, and just people were flying from all over to run Jack and Jill to qualify for Boston. That's also a key thing. You want to make sure that you pick the right race to run to. You don't want to run a, a super hilly race <laughs> to try to qualify for Boston. <laughs> so. Jack and Jill's just been a, a, a fan favorite, a, a runner's favorite for trying to qualify for Boston. And then after that came Martha's Vineyard Marathon. We started doing Martha's Vineyard Marathon and Half Marathon. And the reason why that one started, that one started because I had run Boston and I'd always wanted to go to Cape Cod and and um, Martha's Vineyard. So we had taken the ferry over there. And this was in 2015 when we first did, I'm sorry, 2016 or 2017, 2016 or 2017. Can't remember when we first started that race. And uh, was wondering if they, you know, if they even had a marathon and found out from the Chamber of Commerce they didn't. And I said, well, looks like you got, y'all are going to have one. So then we started a race there. And then um, then from there, we, um, I, then after that, we had, uh, I've done a couple little turkey trot races, local ones in San Diego. But then, um, I wanted to bring back the Nike women's marathon or something very similar to it. And so that's how we started the USA women's race. And a couple of years ago, uh, when we decided to do this, we did a half and a full USA women's half marathon and marathon in Palm and Palm Springs, California. And we had probably about 4,000 women that signed up for that. And I, but prior to that, I contacted Tiffany and company and we partnered with them and Lululemon. And what we wanted to do when I approached them, I said, look, I go, I, I want to bring back this race, but I don't want to bring it back at the level that it used to be at with Nike. And I want to bring it back of more of, of a boutique feel because what had happened with that race, I was told that because it was so big, there would be like 30,000 women that would run this race and 30,000 Tiffany necklaces that had to be distributed it made Tiffany feel like it was more of a commodity and it didn't give that sort of luxury feel. And then you get a, a Nike t-shirt and yeah, it was really cool that they had men at the finish line handing you in tuxedos, handing you the, the necklaces, but I wanted to bring it back at more of a boutique feel, a two, three, 4,000 women that would run the race. Um, and, and we still do the, the tuxedo men in tuxedos or firemen at the finish line, handing out roses and, and necklaces. But we wanted to like, you know, level it up and have a, a nice Lululemon shirt. We would do a buffet, a buffet a breakfast at the finish line. We'd have massages, a number of massage therapists there. Um, we had showers at the finish line and everything was just done at champagne mimosas instead of beer. <laughs> so we just decided to do it. Well, it got so popular when we did it that first year that we decided to kind of move it around. And so we did, um, we did a race in the Hamptons and that was a lot of fun. We're probably going to bring it back to the Hamptons again. And then we did Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona. And that was a lot of fun. Um, 
I'm not really sure about bringing it back to Scottsdale. Just be honest with you, traffic control. I mean, it, it, it's it's a costly it's a costly job. Let's put it that way. It's a costly business, and some cities are more costly than others. And so we decided to do Dallas, Key West. And we're going to bring one to Nashville this year. So we are definitely going to repeat those three cities. So Dallas is this Saturday. And we open everything up, not just by, you can't just register. It has to be lottery. So we we do a lottery because we only can have so many women in these races. Like I said, we want to keep that boutique special feel. We also have to order shirts and necklaces ahead of time. So now that what had happened with with Tiffany and company? We were with them. We had them for a couple of years in a couple of our races. We had them for the Hamptons, for Arizona, and then we also had them for Palm Springs. But Tiffany and company merged with Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. and so when that happened, they weren't doing any more custom jewelry, and it was really sad because, um, yeah, they weren't they weren't even doing any custom jewelry for prominent people anymore. Everything was going to be just be through Louis Vuitton. And if any of you are, that are listening understand uh, designers like Louis Vuitton, they don't they don't put anything on sale. And so that same necklace, that same necklace that you were paying, you know, uh, uh, maybe one hundred and ninety dollars for that same necklace is now four hundred mm-hmm. at, at through through you know Tiffany and Company that's owned now under the umbrella of Louis Vuitton. So it's completely changed. But you know what? It worked out for to our advantage. Kendra Scott is an amazing, amazing jeweler. I mean, Kendra Scott stores are everywhere. We, You still do get a, a sterling silver necklace that's a custom design and that'll have the name of the city. Well, I have like T- TX, or I'm sorry, the state. So I have this, this necklace this year, I TX 13.1 and everybody gets still handed a necklace at the finish line by guys in tuxedos or firemen depending on what city we're in and um, it comes in a a yellow box instead of a Tiffany blue box and it's just as beautiful if I and I think that it's even more cooler to get a a Kendra Scott necklace because they're adjustable on the back so you could collect them all so every time you run a race, you can layer your necklaces. Uh, it's, it's just really cool. It's a girl, girl thing, I guess. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're really excited. We've been so, I mean, it's been so great working with Kendra Scott. It's been, we've been able to lower our registration price, which I'm sure everybody appreciates in this, this world's economy right now. So it's just been, uh, it's been great working with them. And uh, just they have a great first class product. We love it, and of course, Lulu, Lululemon. Everybody loves all, all girls love Lululemon. Even guys love Lululemon. So you get a shirt that says the name of the race on the back, and then the very back of the shirt on the very bottom by the hem, the hem it says "I ran like a girl." Mm-hmm. Super cute. So that was some of the things, the ideas that we took from the the Nike Women's Marathon, and the the girls just love it. And the guys love it too. There's a lot of guys that want a shirt that says I ran like a girl. It's funny. And there's a lot of guys. Like I, I always tell guys are like, can men enter this race? I'm like, absolutely. I go, listen, are you single? And if they say yes, I go, then you'd be really smart to register for this race mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're going to have a couple thousand women. Some of, a lot of them are going to be single running this race. I think the smart single men run this race. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned that those races lottery component, what's the, uh, like timeline in terms of if, if I'm looking at the, at the, at a race and going, all right, this race is in, you know, whatever, whatever in, in February, is it six months in, in six months out, eight months out? You know, what, what time frame are we looking oh. at to, to enter the lottery? 
five to six months out. So Key West right now is is already closed. However, we are we are taking lottery. Um, I'm sorry, we're taking um, uh, charity charity positions. So I mean, and to and to raise money for charity is not that much. I think it's like six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So and that pays. So if you if you um, and that money goes to uh, Make a Wish Foundation. So if you want to do the lottery and I'm sorry, if you want to run Key West, the lottery's closed, but you could still enter as a charity runner. And then it's $600 and you could get other people to sponsor you for that, of course. So it's $600 to run Key West. Um, Nashville, we haven't opened up yet. So Nashville, we're hoping is going to be in May. And so if we're going to open up registration, it's probably going to be sometime in uh, like right after Christmas or right in the very beginning of January, we'll be opening opening up Nashville. And and for those that are interested, obviously, or I'm I'm gonna assume, but I would I'd imagine, you know, following along on social media, checking out the website, those types of dates will be posted and, and well well advertised so that people can get in the lottery if that's something they're interested in. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Awesome. Um kind of a as, as we're getting close to, to wrapping up, Leanne, I I've got a anytime I talk to somebody who's organizing races, I, I always like to, to ask at least one kind of behind the scenes question. Um, you know, for those of us that, that haven't put on a race, especially like, you know, something bigger in terms of some of the, you know, these races you're talking about, like not meaning like, you know, the local Turkey trot that you did for the church. Like that's, there's, there's some, some headaches, of course, I'm sure with putting those types of things on, but at at that scale, it's probably a little bit different than a race for a handful of thousand people, 13.1, 26.2 miles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, What, what is one thing or maybe two or maybe a dozen, I don't know, as many as you want to go into um, things that, that runners just don't, realize are thought about um are, are are maybe i don't want to say wrestled with but like wrestling with these decisions in terms of do i do x or y do i do a or b um that that then runners bitch about and go why did you do it this way <laughs> um even though like like we never we again we as the runners have no idea what goes into putting on these races if that question makes right. sense yeah <clears throat> yeah so um because I've run so many races, I know, I I know what I like in a race, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that is, that's probably one of the key things I've seen race directors that have never run a race last maybe two years, Mm -hmm. you know, max. I mean, they, they, they go on this thinking, this will be so much fun. Excuse me. This will be so much fun. Or I'm going to make so much money. (laughs) Well, (laughs) they, there's there's so many moving parts my theory has always been this my theory has always been this is every single person's wedding day this is 4,000 people this is their wedding day they've been training they've been practicing they've registered they know what it's like I mean I want it to go off perfect for every every single person so when they cross that finish line they get they get a really cool shirt they get a medal they get what they want you know which is why I really like the USA women's races it's just a it's a, a luxury race that it's just different than than your other races I like for people to think like oh my gosh this was perfect they have no idea people have no idea Runners should have no idea like what goes on behind the scenes. There are so many moving parts. You know, generators stop working. Police shut down the wrong road. Um, like buses are are late or don't show up. I mean, so many things. There's so many things that can happen, and it's not. You know, you, yes. I mean, it, it 
there's so much to 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 like consider. That's why I say every city's different, and that's why I really love working with. I, I love working with Dallas. I absolutely love the, uh, the the police officers and and the fire department in Key West. They're they're just so excited to have a, a race there. And you know, it, for me, it's like if it's if it's made easy with me having to work with. Um, the police and the cities and the, all the entities that are involved it, when it, when it's easy, then it's supposed to be, you know? And so that's why it, it, in some of the bigger cities, it gets a little dif- difficult. And I, even like Martha's Vineyard, they, they don't even, they, we, we were there for eight years. It's like they're, I guess they have so much going on at that time that we're normally put on that race in May. I'm pretty sure this is our last year was our last year that we're going to be in Martha's Vineyard. But you know, it's just you, you deal with, you know, having to deal with police, having to deal with the cities, having to deal with, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, having to deal with every, everything has to has to go, you know, has to work. And, and for me, it's it's really all about, you know, working with the people behind the scenes that because they make it, you know, your police officers being out there, you know, they, you know, having to having to that they don't they don't really like doing this <laughs> but i don't blame them i mean you know you get runners that are so focused and then you know they're having to deal with people running in streets i mean i could if i was a police officer i wouldn't like it either it's just not the place for people to be running which is also another thing i like to find i like to find courses where i could keep people off the streets as much as possible i just it's a you know, I just don't, I don't like it either. I don't like running in the streets. Even if they shut the streets down, you just never know with people like, you know, someone not paying attention to a sign. And, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, there's a lot that has to, you have to consider. There's a lot that you have to think about as far as safety. And that's one of the things that I like doing. I like to be able to, to put people in beautiful places where they're not on the streets um as much you know sometimes you can't avoid that but um there's so many there's so many things that are involved you know timing we just we just acquired a chrono track timing equipment so we we time our own races now but there's so much that's involved and you just want to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch so when i say that it's like everybody's wedding day when they cross that finish line I don't want them knowing that our generator didn't go off or I don't want them feeling affected by a bus being late. I don't want them feeling affected by um, maybe their chip not working or, you know, something like that, something, you know, that happens off site. Like we see so much that happens in a race. There's not been one time that there's been a race that's gone off where something didn't happen on our end, but the runner never knew. Mm -hmm. And as long as they don't know, then then that's a, a successful race. Same thing like with weddings. You know, you never know. Things go, things happen. But yep, as long as the bride and groom don't know, right. and they and they think it's the best day ever, then it's the best day ever for us. Absolutely, absolutely. One final question for you, Leanne, and then I'll get you, let you get going here today. Um, I call it philosophical question when I wrap up, and it's just kind of general, general, open-ended, kind of like the introductory introductory question. You can take it wherever you want to go with it, and that's where we'll put a bow on things for today. But um, you know, at this point, uh, obviously, running is a pretty big, big part of your life. It's, it's, I'm assuming, it's still something that you do because you enjoy it, but also, obviously, professional side of things, putting on races, you know, the coaching side of things, the the local running clubs, like all the all the ways that running has been in your life and continues to be part of your life. Um, 
I guess I guess the question then becomes, what do you, what do you love most about the sport um, that that keeps you involved and keeps you becoming even more involved with adding more races and doing more things? Like like why is running still such a big part of your life? Oh my gosh, um, well it changed my life. Yeah, completely changed my life. Eighteen years ago, I I'll be celebrating eighteen years sober. Um, next in, in a couple of weeks, actually wow. November 9th, 2005. So, you know, it, and it wasn't because um, of that time in my life that that I started running. I'd, I've been running a little bit, but like I said, I didn't start really running until uh, until 2005 and start doing distance. And it's just, it's how I feel. And there is no high like runner's high. <laughs> so, you know, I am I am a uh, an avid believer in in. For me, it's not about Running is not about, um, you know, being skinny or, you know, it's really about how I feel. I mean, it's for me, it's always a goal to keep my resting heart rate down to that low in the 40s or 50s, you know, so it's always a goal for me. I love how I feel. I love how I feel when I run. And, um, and I love seeing people feel that same thing, too, which is why I continue to coach. I mean, coaching doesn't pay anything, you know. It's not like you make a lot of money, you know, with people joining your running club. It, I don't know if I, if I were to look at it, it it's like a dollar an hour, but, um, <laughs> coaching, but, um, it's, it's, I, I love, I love seeing people love it too. I love seeing people understanding what it feels like to be a runner. And it's not about, it's not about the actual, you know, cause I mean, there's nothing where there's not a, it's hard sometimes running's hard. I mean, the hardest part about running is putting your shoes on. That's the hardest part. The running part's easy. It's just, getting yourself out the door and, and to do it. And it's still for me, that's still a battle for me. You know, I still, oh, getting out of bed and putting my shoes on and getting, you know, and just doing it. But once I'm out there, it's great. You know, it seems like you, you, you forget the fact that, oh my gosh, I love, I love doing this. Um, but that's, that's probably what I love. I love how I feel when I'm done. Yeah. I, I, um, yes, yes. To all of that, mm-hmm. yes. So, uh, mm-hmm. y'all, l- like like I said, uh, usaenduranceevents.com is the website. USA Endurance Events on on Instagram. Uh, check them out. Sign up for a race, whether it's it's uh, some of the boutique races, whether it's Jack and Jill, whether it's if you're in Southern California, if you're in the San Diego area, we've got the San Diego uh, half right around Christmas time, something like that. Did I get that? Yeah, San Diego holiday half. San Diego yeah. holiday half. All right. Um, and, and other other events to come, and, and who knows what the future holds, but usaenduranceevents.com is the website. Uh, once again, disruns.com slash 1200, disruns.com slash 1200. I'll get you back to the show notes for today. We'll have links to everything as per usual. So, Leanne, thank you for uh, for making the time today, and, and maybe even more so, not maybe, even more so, thank you for what you're doing for the running community, for putting on really great events, um, for continuing to help others to, to kind of fall in love with running and, and continue to push themselves and grow in the sport. And uh, certainly wish you nothing but, but uh, you know, continued success both professionally and in that quest towards 50 states and all other running goals that you might have. But uh, thank you for making the time today, Milady, and, and I certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Leanne and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you about today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Uh, for me, it, it. I mean, there were lots of good things, obviously, as as is almost always the case. Um, but towards the end there, when we were talking about race logistics and, and some of the things that goes that, that Leanne has to work with and work through and figure out uh, in terms of race day logistics, and, and it was just kind of, you know, nothing, nothing that she said, but the, the takeaway to me was just that reminder that, like, 
no race director wants to set up a bad race, right? No, no race director wants you to have a bad race day experience. So if something goes wrong, and you know, I think I think Leanne did kind of say that pretty much there's something there's something that's not perfect. There's something that doesn't go exactly right pretty much every race. Hopefully, for us that are running it, uh, hopefully we don't ever notice. You know, hopefully you know the 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 people that are putting on the races that you're running, whether it's one of Leanne's races or any other race out there, big or small, uh, hopefully they're able to adapt and adjust. And when something goes a little bit wrong on the back end, you never even notice it. But when you do notice, when, when, you know, there's not enough metals and they have to ship metals to you, or when there's not enough porta potties and you end up standing in line a little bit longer than you might want to, or whatever the case might be, try not to complain about it. Is it ideal? No. Did it maybe ruin or, or at least negatively impact your race? Sure, it might have. Did anybody do it on purpose? Absolutely not. Was anybody setting out from, from the race team to try to make your life more miserable? No. A, a, a race that disappears. You know, this race has been going on for years and it's no longer there anymore. You know, it's, it's probably not that the race director was just like, yeah, I don't really feel like doing it anymore. Might be there's something, maybe the, the city decided to, to raise the, the amount of cost that it's going to be to shut down roads and do all those types of things. And all of a sudden they can either make the race $700 or whatever, some, some ridiculous number, or they could just be like, you know what? Maybe we'll go to a different, a different town. Like Leanne said, some towns are more friendly than others. And so I just, I just think it's, it's, it's a good reminder for me because sometimes, you know, you might've heard me complain about various aspects of certain races before. And, and, you know, that's not to say that you have to like everything about every race and every choice that's ever made. Um, but just a good reminder that nobody's, nobody's trying to set up a bad race day experience. Nobody's trying to, to skimp on things so that your race is less than enjoyable, right? Uh, lots of things going on in the background, lots of moving parts, lots of plates that are spinning and, you know, you know if push comes to shove, maybe, maybe we, maybe I need to try to do a little bit better job of offering some grace and offering some understanding and just being like, Hey, you know, maybe this, this wasn't ideal. Maybe this wasn't what I, what I thought I was getting into, but they probably, it was probably something that was out of everybody's control and they just did the best they could. And so, you know, forgiveness and grace, instead of complaining on social media, note to self, note to self. Anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's conversation? What was something that is maybe still rattling around in your brain a little bit? If you'd love to, if you'd be willing to share it, I'd love to hear it at Diz Runs on all the social medias, um, whether we're, we're going with X's or birds or Twitters or tweets or threads or Instagrams or whatever it is. I'm at Diz Runs on all of them. Uh, DizRuns at gmail.com. If you want to send your takeaways to the old email, email inbox that may or may not get lost in the black hole that is my email inbox, but you're welcome to try. You're welcome to try. Uh, you can also head over to the show notes today, DizRuns.com slash 1200. That's an easy one to remember. DizRuns.com slash 1200. Down there beneath the photos, beneath the links, beneath all the things is the comment section for today's episode. Feel free to fill it in to your little heart's content with what stood out to you from today's episode in that comment box. And uh, I'll get back to you there as well. So uh, thanks for for listening. One last call for the consultation call. If that's something that might be useful for you, of course, um, now we're in the future. Hey, get yourself one. Get on my calendar anytime that you need one or need some need some help, need some some advice or some objective opinion, some expert opinion, as it were. Uh, Dizruns.com slash consultation is the link. There's also a, a clickable link 
wherever you're listening to this episode. Make it Try to make it as easy as possible for you. On the go, click the link, schedule a call. Let's chat. Let's work through whatever it is that you're struggling with. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Y'all, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Leanne and I with you today. If you end up running one of Leanne's races in the future, hey, let me know. Let me know and let her know that you heard about the races here. Not that there's any sponsorship, not that that there's any kickback, but just, hey, you know, she's she's taking some time to, obviously, she's promoting her races. Nothing wrong with that. But it's always good to know that, you know, where you're putting your effort, there's some some payoff. So let her know that you heard about it here. Uh, Let me know as well. But uh, one way or the other, thanks for listening today. Uh, And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.